0: Yes, guys, tonight on our radar, we've got a part-album playback with a man you've probably seen about Camden with his guitar or mixing it up. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Mr. Oliver Shaw. How are you? Make
1: sure that you know it's a different episode. The scarf's
0: off. It's a a different episode. We've just been gassing for the last two hours. That's it. The (laughs)
1: thing is, people that do know me, I often wear pretty much the same. The last of the English Cowboys album, I think I wore that outfit, whatever I'm wearing. I wear a pretty green jacket, actually. I wore that for like the whole year period, certainly, that I was recording, doing photos, bits and bobs, getting that album together. So, yeah. So, the last episode was
0: done last week, let's say. <laughs> yeah.
1: <but it's>... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Joe,
0: so, I'm good, man. How are you? Very good. So, we can usually see you uh, mixing it up, selling hats. It's legendary record sleeve designers in Covent Garden.
1: Yeah. Or... It's like a distant memory. Everything seems ages ago. So I don't know, because I I did one less day at work, is the, is the brief story of that. Uh, about two and a half years ago, over the decade that I've worked where I work in this hat shop, I've done pretty much nearly always full time. But for the last two and a half years, I've done part-time, pretty much, it was deemed as part-time, a four-day week. It's still
0: bloody full-on. It's still 10 seconds. Four-day week, You for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, know where, you know where your bread's butter, don't you?
1: Rock oh, yeah. and roll, kids. All I can say is go out of all this bullshit, advice to younger people, get yourself a, four, a three- or four-day job. <laughs> you know,
0: that's what I want a four day week
1: <laughs> I love I love work actually uh, you know I always thought I always used to you know i completely gone against all the stuff I used to quip about when in my younger years but I actually love work you know I was always like oh my mate is oh he's trying to get out of work the fucking whole time i enjoy it but my I, <laughs> my workout ethic with music is actually is pretty decent i think you know I, I write all the time i record literally when i can gig when i can it's just with work work it's the daily it's the mundane element it's like you know of it
0: so how is the but, shop Have you, has stanley been in recently
1: is anyway you what sorry mate
0: how is the shop has stanley been in recently
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're referring to... Oh, Christ, the weird and wonderful people that have been in over the years. One, yeah, so Stan... I don't know if anyone knows who Stanley Donwood is. The answer is no, probably. He's a very, very nice guy, and he is. We were talking in the last episode about Radiohead and my love for Radiohead. Stanley Donwood he went to art college, evidently, with Tom York, and he's done with Tom York, I think the first two album covers, he's had every album cover since the second album, the Benz. That's a full on, full.
0: My God,
1: with Christ, what the hell is his name? That used to work with Roald Dial, that great illustrator that used to do like Spindly Oh, the yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: get, yeah, 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 exactly yeah. I
1: know, I know people, the one you mean. I like my little sketches as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, quite famous in England. And so people he did would think, of, Do the well, "What all movies came out?" They think of this guy's sketches, you know, because he'd, he'd make it visual. But that's what you know, this this guy. So Stanley, <laughs> Stanley
0: Downwards, who's our
1: Cockney geezer, nice guy.
0: Cockney geezer, you are. Right? Stanley, old apples and pears.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pear? yeah. <laughs> so your accent's good, actually.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, Stanley, going cook Cockney geezer, who who's Bald by choice or by... Uh,
0: Bald by choice?
1: by choice. Because <laughs> uh, he's a cockney he's like he's like Jason Statham who's not. Jason Statham's actually from the North. Real trivia for you.
0: From, uh, Leeds,
1: I think, originally, originally. Is
0: he really? Jason yeah. Statham from Leeds?
1: Yeah. But he wanted to be an Olympic swimmer and, you know, that's an easy part to imagine, I guess. He wanted to be a swimmer. Imagine him doing something sporty. He wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. Had some terrible injury, so apparently, and ended up going to drama school.
0: <laughs> 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 and
1: that's all the information I got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I that, so it's, it's, Jason
0: wow. Statham. Where did it all go wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, he not himself. So you see him. So on that note, you see, I've seen Jason Statham twice in Pocket Garden, walking about. Was he
0: in your hat shop buying a hat for his bald head?
1: He wasn't, but um, <laughs> what do you call him? I can't remember his fucking name. Stanley was. <laughs> Stanley was. <laughs> he's a really nice guy. And he actually, we got talking about, as you do, stuff, art, culture, music. <laughs> 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 and he invited me to, he brought a pork pie hat and he's got like, loads of earrings in his ears and he's got an like, earring in his nose, like a nose ring. <laughs> he wears like these glasses. And he's a really cool guy. And, uh, and he's like a real like... Yeah, he's a skinhead. <laughs> he's a mild, He's a bit of, skinny, of a skinny But uh, um, but he wears, he wears lots of hats, you know. And um, as I found out in the hat trade, uh, all bald people do at some point, you know, which is fair enough because he's he's like, oh my head gets cold this time of year. So he brought out he comes to his daughter as well. He's like he's like Tom York's age, so he's, he's 50, 50 odd, early fifties, and uh invited me to an art show, an art. He said, do you want to come to this mm-hmm. art show? So I went, you know, uh, kind of nonchalantly, whatever. And I thought, the thing that surprised me is, I think that's why I said this to you before, all these prints, it was only a small, it was this room, like 25 by 35 foot long room in, in on Dalston Kingsland High Street, like in East London. And it, I thought they—I knew very well, being a Radiohead nut, what what he does, and, and he's you know we'd spoken about that. We got we got over that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Oh, I'm fanny work," but um, I thought his artwork would be very very pricey. It actually wasn't. He said, he actually said to me, literally, he said, I love, love it when I get the phone call from the boys, like from Radiohead, let's so from Tommy, York, do you want to work on our next project? He said, because that's a big commission. He said, otherwise. So his paintings were like in the great scheme of things. They were not cheap by anyone's I mind. Mean, they were a few, few jacket potatoes and plus change, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like they were a couple of hundred quid. I mean, they were like expensive, but I thought they'd be thousands, if you see what I mean, Yeah,
0: yeah. Because
1: he's, he's famous, linked with, you know, his name's not friends, but he's linked with every Radiohead album. And so and so, he's, so he's not and
0: doing Beatles. Matrix for Tom York then? Oh, yeah. He's fucking rinsing Tom York.
1: <laughs> yeah, Oh,
0: yeah. Of
1: course he's, <laughs> he Somebody says, right, you know, do this commission, six months work, give us a million quid. You know, <laughs> that's how all people used to make a living off the old industry. You know, the uh, I say the old industry, because I don't think you could be as cheeky as that now. I've got no. a little bit in the know with even my friend Paul Tippler. I love his stories because he's – I always say that I'm from two worlds now at the minute with the online, the shift of everything online and you actually buy records and people usually know what I mean by that. When I say I'm between two worlds, you know, it's like the pre and after with lots of things and not just with music, with a lot of things. But Paul is even older than me and he, he is very much – part of two worlds, really. Or like my oldest brother would be, you know, like people in Radiohead would be, you know. Yeah. They're part of the old industry where they get funded and they'd give you a lot of pocket money and the tour would cost a lot of money and it would all be marketing. Bands will never never have that again. There's an old Nicky Wire from the Mannix comment. He said, when the Mannix Street Preachers moved to London, they were all about 19 to 20 years old. And he said they played at what now is, well, now, now, but was the monarch which is a famous bar in camden and i think it was the monarch still then and they played there in 1991 and he said we were signed to sony which is true he said we had a a music video coming out that week that cost we'd lived in london a week and we'd done a music video for motorcycle emptiness and he said that music video cost $30,000 Thirty thousand dollars to make. <laughs> and he said, "You know, nothing going on. He's posing and walking about." And he said, "We were given each, you know, spending money on new equipment, ten thousand pounds each." He said,
0: Jesus.
1: "We were funding a tour that cost about over, you know, a, a, another thirty grand." He said, "And we were paying the monarch. Literally, I was jumping off my base camp because I was nineteen years old, and the audience consisted of, imagine, everyone chain smoking. It's about five people." You know, <laughs> that's how it was. It was like they were famous before they were famous because they had a major record deal. That's how it used to work. You know. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. yeah. For an album, a tour, t-shirts, books, and badges. <laughs> 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 you know, because it was Sony, and it was it was
0: 1991. <laughs> yeah. You know. So talking about talking about your okay. music, this, So of course, album one was the oh, beautifully, yeah. beautifully titled. The last of the English cowboys that no, came no, out. No, in... no,
1: it'd be good to talk about. It. I haven't spoken about that in a while. I mean, it's not it's in the great scheme of things. It's not that long ago. It's a couple of years no, no, ago, because I'm it was only
0: 2019, wasn't
1: it? Sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually quite a quite quick discussion. In a weird way, lockdown's been an uh, uh, well, an, an uninvited guest. Obviously, is one word. It, <laughs> but it's been like a, a bit of time off. You know, when I've I've been like yeah for the last three years. Really. No, full steam ahead so full steam ahead something. yeah
0: so I think my yeah. my favourite tune off that album was um falling in love again I've, I think I've mentioned it to you before man it, it sounds like a Richard Hawley record oh, Thankful. I really
1: uh, thank you mate I appreciate you saying that actually like so, uh I like well, a, I like Richard Hawley uh I I I don't mind that. That's it's it was it's the more it's it's it weird album that one because it's I'm getting my act together. It's my first album. There's moments of I not about all this indie stuff. There's moments of pop on it, I guess.
0: There's yeah.
1: Three tracks, and that's because of it's not to do with age because there's a couple of tracks I wrote when I was in my early twenties because of this, I thought it was my only chance at the moment at that time to do an album. You know, they, they just seem to fit on the album well. So there's a song called Time. There's a song called Tiger and they're quite pop... They're all in the great scheme of that album, quite poppy, and then the rest is is elements of it that could have been on a second album, I guess, but Falling In Love Again was written as I was recording that album, and that's one of my most poppy songs, and funny enough, it seems to be, which is lovely, actually, is one of my more popular ones, you know, because it's... I I always used to shun away from that, but actually a good song is, I guess... One that your mum really likes, <laughs> she, does, she <laughs> loves that song. One that your mates like, and one that you know it brings everyone together. That's that's a decent song. I guess I've done my you know done my part there. And I actually, but I've I've grown to quite like that one as well. It's a beautiful that seems to tune, be mate. That beautiful ask. tune.
0: And like you say, it's quite.
1: Fun, actually, I'm quite open about uh, I wrote that because I'm not I'm. I'm I'm more direct. That comes through time and music, I guess. And even in the first album, there's bits that are probably a bit jaded or a bit shrouded in different stuff and music. But lyrics on the second album become more honest and probably not necessarily more complicated or more bold or more shouty, but just a bit more direct. I'm really going for my people that have really influenced me, you know. that song, that Falling in Love Again, I guess that's, that's more of a direct message very very message. <laughs> well the well, second
0: record. album of course of course as the as the title suggests you know of Darker planes, they, yeah. it shifts doesn't it like there's a darker element yeah. that f- flew out
1: it, I guess it's just, it is just another element of, of what I, of, of my music really it's, it's been I'm more confident about it and it was I wouldn't say it's a concept album and
0: other than it's the concept. almost a concept album though it's almost oh like I know where, oh I know where you're going with that comment because it's it's not a concept album, but it seems like there's a concept theme throughout.
1: I think I was more confident about... Yeah, there is... Because it's like 10... You know how... This, this is a weird link, because that's quite a light-hearted album, I guess, I suppose. You know, Travis, who I always bang on about, <laughs> they released an album called 10 Songs. I wanted yeah. to call it Darker Plains. I wanted to call it 10 Songs. funny enough. And uh, thank Christ I didn't, I guess. But I honestly didn't. Yeah. I thought I just wanted to call it... I,
0: well, well... Ten well if, sorry,
1: sorry, 10 stories, I wanted to call it. And If you had
0: that, have called it that, you might have been able to sue Travis now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was like... Um, yeah, I wanted to call it 10 stories, and it was like the Brothers Grimm or something. It was 10 gothic little stories, or Edgar Allan Poe. It got 10 gothic little stories, but it was actually a weird influence who I never, ever mention who are absolutely fucking great in my opinion as the Sleaford mods. I love them.
0: Oh yes. Oh
1: yes. He's the funniest motherfucker on this planet. (laughs) 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 And he's a genius. The guy, I can't remember his bloody name at the minute, but uh,
0: he is uh, a genius. uh, They are quality a
1: genius. And, there's always an air of storytelling there's, there is in soul songwriting but what we were saying in the last episode about oh pop music's uh, an animal you know animal made by committee and it's always been a bit like that yeah so got, but uh, we you know as far as artistic freedom goes he's really free obviously because you know he used to be in rock bands and he used to be in kind of OACC style indie bands for years yeah that dude and it was kind of a meat, you know they just I the full full story, but how he met the other dude and they started doing that thing—it's even it, he got perfect synchronicity again. They're one of those weird outfits that shouldn't shouldn't really work in in a, in a strange
0: way, you know. But uh, they do work. And, does, and in terms of in terms of your album, like you say, the storytelling. So track one, straight out the blocks, be a man. Love that song. And then I track end up two. I always
1: talking about someone else, by the way. When I start to see... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And then track two, uh, Everybody Needs a Dan Lino. Uh, who, yeah. who is Dan Lino? Come on, tell us.
1: Ah, so Dan Lino is... There's only very, very old people that might know this. Uh... Of uh, it's it, Danilo is a street performer from the turn of the last century and he was you know one like real like sung and dance man you know or whatever like maybe ah he,
0: right L okay. or
1: something but he was like a london version and he'd, he'd he'd have a you know um he'd wear a top hat yeah you know, so you know, in your music or, video or top hat yeah so that's it it was always like yeah. a yeah right my okay a variety performer and a comedian. He was meant to be hysterically funny, but one never knows. There was no footage of him, obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you brought him to life in the video then?
1: Well, I've I've tried tried to, but this is the weird part because he's a homage. The the song is a homage to one of my heroes, one of my childhood heroes and still to this day heroes, Peter Sellers, the the British actor Peter Sellers. He was in the...
0: I love Peter Sellers.
1: Yeah, there was, in the pink Panther. I, I tell you
0: absolutely. what, I, 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 love one of his early films as well, The Lady Killers. What a film! Oh, that
1: is. Like, yeah, with Alan Guinness. Yeah, with yeah, Alan Guinness. yeah that's that's. A, I love that film as well, actually. Yeah. And he's also, and he was quite young, and he seemed older or could act older. He was in Lolita, yeah. which is a fucked up film, and a, a really
0: yeah, and Doctor Strange Love as movies. well, man he's in
1: that, cause he's always had that love. I so many stories. I mean, again, don't get me started about Peter Sellers, but so many stories. He had a love-hate relationship. They were best of friends with Stanley Kubrick. And that was the first collaboration with Kubrick that he did was Lolita. And then he did uh, Dr. Strangelove, and, and, and then it all kind of went down He did a, lot, a few projects with him, but there were lots of projects they talked about doing that never happened. But they were really inseparable friends, but, we were, you know, had terrible arguments as well, Stanley Kubrick and, uh, and Peter Sellers. But Peter Sellers, when he was, I'm bloody pushing that myself, but when he was, I think, 40 years old, Peter Sellers was probably the, our most famous export, most famous movie star in the world.
0: He was not as
1: yes. He was yeah, just before, he was doing the Pink Panther by then. He might have done the, yeah, he would have done the first Pink Panther film. There was lots you know, years passed before he did the second one. Anyway, as long as, to try and keep it short, he had a major heart. He was married to Bruce Eklund, Peter Sellers, when he was 40 years old. He might have been 41. <laughs> he had a major heart attack and he was announced on the BBC. He's the only celebrity or only person ever announced on the BBC uh, on the six o'clock news. They said the actor Peter Sellers had died in such and such hospital. And was like, no, "No, no!" And about three hours later, they had to do another news report
0: because they
1: had <laughs> dived him and
0: just sort of
1: say, <laughs> and he said, Peter Sellers, actor Peter Sellers, apologies, has been revived in hospital. So he <laughs> claims to have had... Yeah, he's <laughs> Even my mum said she saw it. He claims to have had an out So he gave
0: him the kiss of life.
1: And when he came back to life, uh, he claims that his, his, his mind had been taken over by his spiritual guide, partly by his dead mum, who he idolised, Peter Sellers, uh, who had died a couple of years prior to then, to him having a heart attack, and partly by Dan Lino, a street performer. <laughs> the lucky oh, wow. So all his mates, I mean, his mates knew he was nuts anyway, but his manager, for example, would call them up and say, Peter, I've got a job for you. You've got to be in Austria for two weeks. And Peter would say, hold on a moment. And he'd go off the phone, he'd be talking to himself, he had mild schizophrenia, as word would have it, and he'd be talking to himself, and his manager would go, oh, Peter, who are you talking to? He said, you do not got another manager. You're not cheating on me. And he said, no, I just had to go off the phone for a moment and ask Dan. He said, who the hell is Dan? He said, Dan Lino. <laughs> he
0: said,
1: who's Dan Lino? <laughs> talking For the rest of his life, he'd have conversations with Dan Lino. So he'd always struggle. With, so it's about a struggle for identity and he has equally power. As wow. I told you, they're all still stories for these, you know, <laughs> I won't I
0: be brief for the other ones, but they're all little from <laughs> the homage to, to... Well, it's them. a beautiful song, man. Uh, it's a great song, and I love that story. The first song that I do want to uh, explore and we're going to actually listen to uh, in a little while is the Burmese Taxi, taxidermy." Oh, uh, the, the punky one. Oh my God, mate. This, this is like pure unadulterated punk. It's like, you don't hear this type of punk anymore. It's just like Johnny Rotten. That snare is delicious. I love it. So what, <laughs> but it what, was, inspired, what inspired this track? And also the, the really video. Nice. I watched the video the other day for this song. I love that video. It the reminds me. I, can't, nice. I yeah. can't think of yeah. which. Uh, it's almost like um, Pink Floyd, like the wall, the video in it.
1: Oh, that's no. Yeah. So it's my my friend Angela, Angela Ma, and that was that's a little sweet story about how trying to look at the positives of this fucking fucked up year that we've had and all this bullshit is. I couldn't play live, obviously, like every other musician under the sun. I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. I approached my friend Angela I saw a tiny clip that she'd done of something a few years back and I've got a memory like an elephant I've got a great memory for stuff that's her now and and I remembered this clip and if I like something in particular it's like if I see someone some hot girl I remember her for years actually but I but I remember this little clip that she did and I just randomly messaged her and I said you did a little animated clip and I think uh, I'd love to, have to do an animated video. My whole life I've wanted to do a cartoon video for one of my songs. And I thought because it was quite a punky one and lyrics were a bit nastier on this one, it would be nice to have a bit of a contrast with an animated video. God, it, I mean, I really blow my own trumpet about this. But it works so fucking well.
0: <laughs> it does work so well. <laughs>
1: she did an amazing job and it does work.
0: It's amazing.
1: About, you know, Actually, that was quite a 90s thing, but from Paranoid Android by Radiohead, there was a few videos. There was uh, a U2 song for a Batman film that was part animated. There were a few animated things that must have stuck with me throughout my whole life through childhood. Coffee and TV by Blur. I absolutely yeah, love it. Yeah,
0: Coffee and TV. What wow.
1: yeah. I always watched an animated video. And, when, and uh, over, so over lockdown... She did it, but we didn't realise it was like eight hours a day work.
0: <laughs> she
1: <offered laughs> it for no pain. It's
0: like, it's like Wallace and grab it, not it? It used to take them about three yeah. years to make a 30-minute episode. Yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs> so, and I've forgotten this you know There's right, you know, <laughs> me thinking I'm being all bold and I asked her kindly to do it I don't think she fully appreciated she gave me a brief estimate she said well it might take me quite a lot of time let's say three months and we were in lockdown for the foreseeable future then it's been March, April but in late April I think this, it started that the idea the acorn for that video you know, she that wasn't ago. on
0: price work was she Jesus <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: yeah and she did it and she'd be giving me updates but she was an absolute star to be honest I mean, and that's why I picked partly why I picked the shortest song as well so it wasn't as much to animate. because a couple of the songs are like four minutes or so it's like just yeah. over two I think so it yeah it worked and yeah, it's, it's nice
0: proper, proper old school and it like you say like two minutes just straight out of traps bang in your face pure yeah. unadulterated punk oh, let's you, hear that song now and I'm going to let you introduce you. it
1: Uh, so uh, if you like punk and in your face (laughs) (laughs) uh, here's one called Burmese Taxi Taxi Dermy enjoy it (laughs)
0: Okay, so you're in a pub when we can, of course. Let's say, like, The World's End in Camden Town, having a few cheeky... What's what's your drink of choice, anyway, by the way, when you're in the pub?
1: I like... It's changed over the years. I mean, any of my mates, I guess, will... I'm like the David Bowie of um, drinking. But, you know, David Bowie used to change his style a lot and and he'd be like, one moment he was a bit like this and then he'd be, you know... (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that with my drinks. I've never... I had a drink and I think that's my drink. I, I thought it was Jack Daniels, so I thought it was whiskey, but I've swapped and changed around so much and completely it's morphed into a different drink. Now, for the last two years, it's Guinness.
0: Guinness it? Well, yes, bad. yes, I'm yes. Happy. We, 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 we were actually talking off air about Guinness, weren't we?
1: And it's a drink as well. I don't know if this is globally a, a, a thing or that I've noticed. If you go into a pub, any of just you know, not that all my mates are laddie, or but I've had, I've had my moments of like pain in the ass mates or social groups, and you would say, "Oh yeah, I'll have half a Stella or half a what do you call it? Always oh, having a half. <laughs> <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you always get at me. Like, it's taken me years, a lifetime of ordering halves. You know, years. <laughs> if you order a half a Guinness the whole part, no one says anything. It, it may as well be like the you know, Dick and Bob A bale of Hay goes fucking going past, you know. <laughs> the whole bar goes silent. But everyone's like, gives you a nod of approval. Oh, he's having half. Why not? You know.
0: <laughs> tipping, tipping the till. trilby's over. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so you're on half a Guinness then in a pub in Camden. You've yeah. got a quid in your pocket, jukebox yeah. is in the corner. Which two tunes are you going to put on a jukebox?
1: Oh, that's a good question, actually. Uh Which, only two tunes.
0: Only two tunes.
1: Yeah, just because one of them was on the mind. Since I mentioned it in the last episode, uh, I've been thinking about it. Uh, a Design for Life would be one of them, actually.
0: Great tune. Yeah, we yeah. love that one. It
1: is. Street creatures.
0: It,
1: it's one of their... It's one of indie music, let's say, in my opinion's perfect pop moments the the two you can have avant-garde and you can have pop music and sometimes it combines and and has synchronicity but in in pop music you know all the great band indie bands we had probably don't look back in anger was one of them for oasis where it's like pop music but rock and roll and it's perfect synchronicity that was the manic for me i think i think that song was absolutely amazing they smashed it
0: beautiful song
1: yeah so that would be one on a jukebox the other one would have to be the Smiths um, and it would be
0: oh, uh, I don't know if it would be this charming man actually ooh not this charming man so you don't want to be you don't want to get a bouquet of flowers and swing them round your head <laughs>
1: You know, because it's almost like it's about in my mind, I've not it? Hold on, it's, it's almost like I'm I'm treating this like Desert Island Discs. These yes. are like I'm like the only songs I've ever. Well, what's the one? I keep coming, I'm going on about my well, Smith's fanatic. What is it? How soon is now?
0: How soon is now? What a song that is! Yeah, that's the one you know, with the, that's is the one with a big yeah. moody guitar, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
0: it would be. Yeah, oh, that's, oh.
1: that's the one. It's, it's, it's In
0: amazing. fact, it did. A, I think it scored a Martin Spencer's advert two years ago. It did. It
1: did. <laughs> and look, what's that one that's on the end of? Is it on the end of Strange Race? What's that? Good times for a
0: change. See the. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. That
1: one. Uh, please, please, uh, let me get what I want.
0: Let me get what I want.
1: That was on a mock. That was on an MS. There's someone at MS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe Morrissey works for him. Unbelievable. As well.
1: Yeah. Maybe he's Morrissey. He's kind of <laughs> <a>
0: the
1: <secret laughs> owner. So that would be, uh, yeah, Design for Life by the Manics, and, uh, How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. How
0: Soon Is Now, yes.
1: 50, 50p worth of each, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know. Okay, let's get stuck into the middle section of your album then, because this it absolutely blew me away when, honestly, I've been like, it's just, I've really got into this album. And the middle section's so strong.
1: I'm really touched, actually. I'm really privileged that fucking anyone listens to it, but I really thank you very much for coming. Honestly,
0: mate, it's a great piece of work. But the, um, the, second, the second track of Our Night, and then track four on your album, is Ipso Hecto. And where does that title come from?
1: Well, that's a weird one. Well, it's, it's, it's strange... It's a good question on its own, to be honest, because I, I can't... I like making up, and often to, to kill the time, and there's been a lot of time killed by doing this, I write down... Uh, I make up words. <laughs> <laughs> make up little phrases. I've done it my whole life, you know... Um, uh, it's something, and I swear. Going on about my oldest brother is 17 years older than me. He's 16, almost 17 years older than me. And he used to have this weird thing where when I was a little kid, you know how older siblings try and teach you swear words, so you say yeah. it to parents and you get in trouble. Yeah. He used to teach me this strange little He's a great poet, actually, my oldest brother. He used to. um Much better than I could ever, ever be. But he he used to teach me this strange little language that he'd made up for me. And instead of saying with, it would be the French word for uh, good, bon. It would be, oh, um, uh, uh, bon, my friend, you know, bon, bon a knife, Bon a fork, you know. It's <laughs> so weird. But actually when you, and it sounds like such a simple word, but you put it into a sentence, it sounds really odd. But I've always had this thing of like, ipso is some Latin word. Hecto isn't a word, but it sounds a bit Latin. So I thought, uh, there's a line in a, in a Nirvana song where he says exoskeleto, but exoskeleto is something. It's it's like a, been a nerd I am. I checked, so it's like a protective layer that some... Lizards have, <laughs> and it's used as a term for protective clothing in America. If if they they'll put an exoskeleton, so I was interested by those two things combined. B- b- tiny tiny bits of Latin that I know, you know, and I I wrote this thing "ipso but I also wanted to write. I like things with you know without meaning necessarily because sometimes. Not all, all the time, but, you know, that's what you want in the song. The song should push on through and mean more than anything else in the melody and the sentiment of it, you know, more than what it's called. I think Nirvana used to be, actually saying about Nirvana, they used to do that quite a lot. They had that punk attitude where the titles would either be one-word titles or kind of something that wouldn't make sense to anyone else in the world, even in the biggest band in the world. It's like, what is it? Francis Farmer will have her revenge. Nobody in the fuck knew what that meant. And yeah. like in uh, in Ontario, except for the other band members and it's like it's brilliant in a way because it's the song should mean more than the title, you know.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I mean I, the Beatles were like that as well, and the Smiths yeah, weren't they? The Beatles the and the Smiths were like back. that.
1: You know, it's like Strange yeah. Ways. People from Manchester might know that Strange Ways is in Manchester. No one else in the world, but they'll think. Exactly. Oh, they won't know it's a play on words. They'll think oh, no. Strange Ways is like the Doors. It's like we have we you know. Tell anyone Make your dreams come true
0: Okay, be so what does...